Blog Talk Radio. Mike Bozich, Mike Carter, you've got post time with Mike and Mike on this Thursday, and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We have a jam-packed show coming up uh, for you today. More on that in a moment, but uh, not not a good day, uh, Mike. No, not a not a good day in racing, and uh, we're uh, we're going to take a quick moment and uh, recognize a uh, couple of tributes here this evening. Tonight on Post Time with Mike and Mike, we take time to honor two lives that were tragically taken from us today. Sean Armour was a trainer in Maryland who was killed this morning in a tragic vehicle accident. Sean had 1,626 lifetime wins with earnings just over $1.1 million as a trainer. He had a UDRS of .331 and his last victory came on October 25, 2014 with People Friendly at Rosecroft Raceway. We also want to take time to honor Shared Belief, who passed away suddenly after training this morning. The acclaimed thoroughbred, who won races such as the Malibu Stakes and the Santa Anita Handicap, before being injured in the Charlestown Classic, passed away after training again this morning. His connections, Jungle Racing, released the following statement. Thoroughbred racing is a sport filled with the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Some of the most thrilling and surreal moments of our entire lives have occurred in this sport. Unfortunately, today, we have suffered our most devastating. We have lost shared beliefs. He seemed to display signs of colic this morning, so our vets rushed in to treat him. They immediately sent him to UC Davis so he could get the best medical attention available as quickly as he could. Emergency surgery was performed, but doctors were unable to save him. We are still awaiting results of an autopsy. We are all absolutely devastated. Shared belief was a -a once-in-a-lifetime horse. A champion, fighter, and unbelievable talent who impacted and changed all of our lives. The little horse that feared no one and could do anything. He absolutely loved his job and to run. As heartbreaking as this is, we will consider ourselves so fortunate 
to have been a part of this amazing animal's life. He's a, he was a super sweet horse from day one. He would end up winning 10 of his 12 starts, including five grade ones and an Eclipse Award. The big horse was a champion in every sense of the word, and there will never be another like shared relief, shared belief. Our hearts are broken. That was from Jungle Racing posted on their uh, Facebook page just a little bit ago. And Mike, I'll tell you what, this, uh, this sport is, uh, you know, it's a small community and things like this uh, definitely hurt. Yeah, they, they sure do. And uh, obviously from all of us uh, here at Post Time and uh, from my family and, and certainly yours, Mike, I could, I'm could i sure I could speak on your behalf when uh, we say our, our heartfelt prayers and uh, thoughts out to the uh, Armour family. Um, just a, a tragic, tragic thing. And uh, certainly our hats or our hearts out to uh, the owners of Shared Belief as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's not really, you know, there's, not, I'm just at a loss for words, you know. I mean, Sean, uh, we actually became Facebook friends, and uh, you know, we uh, talked a little bit back and forth, and uh, you know, he's a he's a pretty good guy. So, uh, behalf of all of us here, post time with Mike and Mike, um, our heartfelt sympathies to the family and friends of uh, of Sean. Well, Mike, uh, we've got a big show coming up. Uh, Ted Black is going to be joining us here momentarily. Uh, we have our stable spotlight here this evening as well. Uh, Anthony McDonald will be on to talk about the stable.ca. Uh, uh, it's a Canadian web address, obviously. And uh, we're also going to have Montrell Teague on. And I'll tell you what, Mike, Montrell is a, is a, first of all, he's a class act, but he has had one heck of a season. Well, he's absolutely he has. And, uh, you know, Wiggle It Jiggle It's been such a, a fantastic horse. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Wiggle It Jiggle It. We'll have Crystal Sarah also on the show as well. Uh, she is the uh, treasurer of the MHHA, and she uh, owns some horses, uh, the MHHA being the Michigan Harness Horsemen's Association. So we had a chance to sit down with her, and uh, she'll be joining us here in just a couple minutes, Mike. But uh, you want to get to our first break, and uh, we'll get to Ted Black. Yeah, we're going to take a quick commercial break uh, and hear from our sponsor, Essential Touch. Give your horse the winning touch with MagnaWave, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. It relieves pain improves movement, stimulates acupuncture points, reduces inflammation, get immediate results. Call the Essential Touch LLC Certified MagnaWave Practitioner, 302-922-0917. Get the winning touch. We got Bozich and Carter on Bozich Time with Mike and Mike. We certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, on the phone right now is uh, Mr. Ted Black, Ted, the uh, Bet America correspondent. And uh, we certainly appreciate him joining us. And he's going to tell us a little bit more about the Super Horse, Ted. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on again, Mike. And Mike? Well, what what'd you see out there? What did he look like? As good as advertised, obviously. Wow, you know, I tell you what, um, you know, I was there for the matrons uh, that night when, you know, he beat uh, Wakazashi pretty handily, and, um, uh, you, you know, he, he didn't look he didn't look at his best that night by any means when he won uh, matron night in 149 and 4, and uh, it looked like the, uh, the campaign was beginning to take its toll on him, and I remember talking to Montreal afterward, and he said, you know, I mean, he's he's getting tired, a lot of these horses are getting tired, but 
you know, him and George both thought he, they still had two more good races left in him, and they were looking to stay close to home and go for the uh, the progress of limb and, and the final rather than go for the uh, the invite for the TVG to tackle older horses. And, and obviously it, it, it played out perfectly for him. I mean, the last two starts, uh, he, he just really could not have looked any better. I mean, he won the limb handily in 149, and then he come right back uh, Monday night, as, as everybody saw, and win the final 148-2 and just did it so so impressively. I mean, go three quarters and 120-4 and four and be able to put away Delta winner and draw off to, to win like he did in 48-2 for a, a final start of the campaign was, was really impressive. What's even more impressive, Ted, in my opinion, is that this is a pretty darn good three-year-old crop of paces. I mean, you've got Wakazashi Hanover, you've got Freaky Feet Pete. I mean, Delta Winter and Dudes the Man are pretty darn good horses, and just with the ease that Wiggle It Jiggle It has been handling, especially the last couple of weeks after such a long season, is amazing to me. No, it really is. You know, that's the other thing that factored into it. I mean, you're talking about a horse that, you know, really kicked off his campaign in the uh, the early closers at, back in the wintertime at the Meadowlands, you know, and he had one start against older horses up there. And um, he was racing, uh, I believe he had a couple of starts at Dover before he even went to the Meadowlands for the early closer. And, uh, you know, then jumped right into the, the open stakes in the spring and just, you know, just stayed really good all the way through the summer. You know, a couple of hiccups along the way, but, every, you know, all, all the best horses have that. And, um, you know, the pocket trip from Wakazashi beat him in the um, North America Cup. And then, of course, at the, the Cane Pace. Uh, you know, a little bit of a speed duel with him and in the arsenal and set it up really for Delta winner. Um, but just the way he's come back, and, and you're right. I mean, Wakazashi was good all year, made over a million dollars. and Dude's the man, certainly no fluke that he was second in the Meadowlands pace. And Delta winner had a nice campaign, you know, winning the cane and then racing good through the limb in the final of the, uh, the progress. Um, so, and, of course, obviously, Freaky Feet Pete who rarely left uh, Indiana, but when he did, you know, I mean, he he proved that he belonged in the big stage as well. So, uh, you know, that, that handful of sophomores right there, uh, you know, any number of years, I think any of those horses would have been champion three-year-old. And, you know, this year they, uh, they all had to dance with Wiggle It Jiggle It, who, was, who just had a, an exceptional campaign. Now, Ted, we've got Ted Black on. He's our Bet America correspondent, and he's uh, been so gracious to join us the last couple of weeks. Uh, from Dover Downs, talking about the matrons and the progress pace. Ted, uh, coming up to, let's look ahead to 2016. You're going to have Wiggle It, Jiggle It, Freaky Feet Pete, Wakazashi head over, Art Speak. I'll tell you what, th- th- we're looking forward to a uh, to a pretty big 2017, and if these miles hold up, who knows how fast these horses can go. No, you're right. I mean, it's it's great to see all the, uh, the top three-year-olds come back, and you're right. I mean, I did overlook Art Speak. Um, you know, was champion two-year-old a year ago, and uh, you, you know it's tough to say a horse had a had a down season when I think he made seven hundred fifty thousand, and uh, you know he danced all the big dances too. So you know for him and uh, you know Wiggle It Jiggle It and Freaky Feet Pete and Wakazashi, um, Dude's the man I believe is coming back. You know for all these horses to come back at four, um, you know I mean it should be an excellent year to watch. Uh, watch the older horses uh, next spring and next summer and even well into the fall, you know. Ted, when it's all said and done, is Wiggle It Jiggle It going to be on that list when we start talking about and have the age-old debate 
of one of the best of all time? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's always an interesting question each year to, to pose when you uh, look at the best three-year-olds. You know, um, I, I think people were a little ambitious making the same statement about Captain Treacherous a few years ago. He had an excellent campaign. Uh, I didn't think that group of three-year-olds was uh, as strong as the one the year before, you know, when Heston Bluechip was the three-year-old champion. Uh, you know, but you look at who he had to beat this year with Wiggle It Jiglet and uh, and where he did it in the miles that he went, you know, the Meadowlands pace, and, of course, the jug was two amazing heats. Um, and then going out to Indiana to, to dance with uh, Freaky Feet Pete on his home track, uh, you know, racing him several times out there. In the Indiana, uh, excuse me, Indiana Sire Stakes, and I think one of the races was an open stake on top of that. Um, you know, so, I mean, and to make 26 starts and to win 22 of them and to make a little over $2 million, uh, you know, you just you don't see a lot of campaigns for horses anymore that start as early as he did and just race all the way through the year and, you know, face the competition that he did and, and the traveling that he did um, you know, and still be able to, to finish out the season the way he did, you know, in 49 last week and in 48 and two tonight. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough to put him in the all-time greats at this point, but I mean, you are looking at a, a three-year-old that had just uh, an exceptional campaign and, um, you know, I'm sure some people are going to have him in their, uh, their top 10. Uh, we'll put it that way. You know, I, I would, I wouldn't argue if people want to put him in their, their top 10 for uh, three-year-old seasons of all time. Bet America correspondent, uh, betamerica.com correspondent, Ted Black, joining us on the program. Ted, where, where, can, we find, where can we find you on the, on the World Wide Web? I know you do some uh, articles and write some articles. Uh, where can we follow you? A uh, number of places still uh, run my racing stories. I've been pretty lucky with that, uh, in addition to uh, the betamerica.com uh, extra news feed site, which uh, is, is free to everyone. They can log on to the site without actually having to, to join. They don't have to have an account to uh, read the post um, at through betamerica.com uh, backslash extra. And then the uh, Kent County News, uh, which is a little paper in Chestertown, Maryland, been associated with them for almost 25 years now. And, uh, yeah, obviously most of the stories are based on the uh, owners and trainers from the uh, Kent County, uh, Queen Anne, Caroline, uh, you know, that specific area of Maryland where you have a lot of good horsemen from uh, Churchill and Galena, Sudlersville, so on. So she posts my stories pretty much every week. Um, Spirit of Jefferson in Charlestown, West Virginia, has been running my weekly stories for 25 years now. And then I started full-time with the uh, Southern Maryland newspapers, uh, they have run a lot of my racing stories in the past. Uh, right now, we're pretty much into the fall sports and winter sports season, so haven't had a chance to do too many racing features right now. But certainly, um, you know, I've got some in, in stock uh, to do for the, the Maryland guys uh, over the winter and then, of course, into, uh, into next spring as well. All right, Ted, we certainly appreciate you joining us on the show, and uh, we'll have you back soon. All right, thanks again, Mike. All right, thanks. That was Ted Black, a BetAmerica.com correspondent. When we come back, we're going to have our stable spotlight segment. Crystal Sarah, the treasurer of the Michigan Harness Horsemen's Association and horse owner, joins us. you got post time with Mike and Mike. We'll be back soon. 
Post Time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Also on Twitter at PT Mike and Mike One. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand in hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. All right, it's our stable spotlight segment, and we're here with uh, horse owner and uh, treasurer for the Michigan Harness Horsemen's Association, Crystal Sarah. Crystal, how are you? Good, how are you? Fantastic, thanks for joining us. Well, tell us how many horses uh, that you have racing currently, Crystal, and a little bit about them. So I have two horses that are currently racing right now. I've got my uh, first horse, Bold Decision. He's a seven-year-old pacer. Um, just finished up our Northville balance meet. We've been uh, in Ohio for the last two or three starts. So doing pretty good with him. And then I've got a five-year-old pacing filly. Her name is Raywatch. Uh, she's just coming back after some time off. So uh, she should be in, I think, at Woodbine, hopefully, Friday. I haven't checked the draw schedule. How about some of the horses you've had in the past? Um, I actually have had a ton of horses, so besides those two, uh, I had a Canadian trotter uh, that I bought as a yearling. Uh, my first uh, play into the trotters. Uh, it didn't work out so well. We ended up selling him. He didn't really uh, want to be a racehorse after all. Um, and then I do have two yearlings, two yearling uh, Michigan-sired uh, pacing colts that will start racing hopefully if all goes well next summer. Tell us how uh, you got started in the industry. I kind of got into it, like I think a lot of people get into it. Uh, my aunt and uncle, uh, Tom and Jean Clark, they had a farm up in Croswell, Michigan. So I spent my summers up there uh, since I was a little kid. So that was back when there were tons of fairs all over Michigan. Uh, they raced primarily fair horses. So I had to go up there, spend my summers up there. We'd load all up into the truck and trailer and crisscross the state. And it just kind of stuck with me from there. You've got any favorite memories uh, growing up in and around the sport? Yeah, yeah, actually, and they strangely, you know, enough or what you'd expect, I guess. They all kind of revolve around Croswell and, and my family up there. So I think it was back in 1998. It was a while ago. Um, my uncle was training a horse that was eligible for the Charles Coon memorial for charity back when it was going for about 60,000 in the final and they had two heats and a lot of horses were in it um and we actually raced there and we made it to the final and they kind of all fanned out across the stretch in front of the grandstands at Croswell and you couldn't tell from where we were at if we won or not and there were a ton of people down at the winner's circle and my uncle and I are just kind of looking down there and we're like well that must not have been us we don't know all the people down there um, it was a photo because the horse on the inside made a break, and 
the trotter, her name was Europa's Dream, she stayed flat, and we somehow managed to win the Charles Kuhn Futurity without really knowing we did it. And I don't know still who all the people are that are in this winter circle picture that I have, but uh, it was a pretty pretty cool memory um, to have, you know, with them. And then I actually ended up my first horse, which is Bold Decision. His first start was at Croswell Fair in 2010, and he won. So to have all my family and friends and that there, it just kind of all came full circle, I guess. And in my mind, those are probably two of the best memories I have. Crystal, now, from an owner's perspective, uh, talk about your involvement with the horses. Uh, now, are you active in their training at all, or do you just kind of let the trainer do the work? Uh, I'm, I'm fairly active. I don't tell the trainer necessarily what to do. That's uh, their expertise and that. But I'm out there um, at the farm most weekends, so uh, Saturdays and Sundays, uh, either jogging horses or you know just being around them and checking in on them and seeing them. Um, for the most part, if I can, I go to the track. I paddock most of my horses if I can. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with what goes on and, you know, what they look like and how they act and kind of what their racing style is. I don't know if I'm overly active. Uh, i to ask my trainers if they think I'm a pain in the butt or not. But uh, I definitely like to be hands-on. That's a, that's a big part of the enjoyment for me. You ever thought about driving? Uh, yeah, I gave it some thought uh uh when i was younger it was you know at my aunt and uncle's helping them out we had a trotter that uh i had took in care of and we kind of had him on a treadmill for a week because my uncle was out of town and i wasn't even thinking and you know next week we hooked into the jog cart and kind of went over and was jogging him and he took off at lightning speed with me and probably the scariest moment in my life and i said eh, maybe this driving thing's not for me <laughs> Yeah, I jogged one once, and that was it for me. Now, you're also uh, the treasurer of the Michigan Harness Horsemen's Association. Uh, tell us a little bit of, uh, about how that came about. So I, I joined the board probably in 2009, 2010. I don't exactly know when. And I served as the secretary for a while. Uh, we had some changes, you know, with the board over the years, and the treasurer's position was open. I got nominated to it. I've got a, an accounting background, and I think the group just thought that that would be a good fit. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm serving in capacity right now and hopefully in the future. And uh, to wrap it up, Crystal, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things that the MHHA is working on to promote the sport back uh, in Michigan. This year, so in 2015, we, for the first time, participated in um, – the 4th of July parade uh, in Northville. It happened to be when we were in a dark period uh, in between the meets. So uh, we had Jed Main and uh, Skip the Ball, you know, get their horses ready in full race gear and, and walk through town in a parade. So it gave a lot of exposure to, to the folks down at Northville that maybe knew of the track but had never made it out there. We had a lot of positive feedback from when we were just walking in the parade here and people say, hey, you want to go to the races? One day your guys meet, start back up, all those good things. So hopefully we'll we'll continue on to do, you know, a parade. It, it's kind of tricky to get horses uh, that are ready for a parade. Jen's horse, Augie's, did great. That was his first parade. And, and you know, that's testament to standard breads. Nothing seemed to phase him. He did really good. Um we also did a marketing campaign with Metro Times, which is a very popular online and alternative like news magazine here in the area. So we ran a 10-week ad program with them 
and then we had three weeks of uh, where there were skins basically on the website. So it was basically harness racing right in your face when you went to the website. So that was uh, fairly positive, fairly well received, a good digital media presence for horse racing here in Michigan, which we're looking forward to continuing. So hopefully more, more digital presence, you know, more, more parades and getting us in the public view and get the presence known about us. Do you suffer from migraines, back pain? Do you have shoulder problems or sciatica? Treat yourself to a MagnaWave treatment. Call the Essential Touch at 302-922-0917. Like us on Facebook at the Essential Touch LLC and check out our website at theessentialtouchllc.com. We are certified in human treatments as well as equine. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. I'm Anthony McDonald here from the Stable.ca. We have an interesting new product that we've been uh, we've been promoting the last two months, and what we offer is an opportunity for everyday regular people and people from the industry to buy shares of yearlings. So the issue that we've had over the last, well, I guess, slowly gathering over the last decade has been that we've lost a lot of our owners, we've lost a lot of our investors. For for me here in Ontario, watching what is going on now. We've lost a lot of our investors to uh, other jurisdictions, whether it be New York or Pennsylvania or Ohio. And, you know, unfortunately, that money isn't coming back anytime soon. What my wife and I decided to do was rather than, you know, trying to worry about how we're going to lure back investment that, that has gone abroad from our jurisdiction, what we were going to offer was an opportunity for anybody and everybody to buy pieces of yearlings. So most people, if you ask them, most people that have any interest in this game would be more than happy to buy a piece of a horse or buy a horse. They just simply can't afford it. You know, you have the original purchase price of the horse, and then you have all the hidden costs that go along with it, and, and really you don't know what's going to happen until next June or July if it races it too. And, you know, the whole process is just very, very difficult to navigate. So what my wife and I decided to do was, was make it as easy as we could for people. You know, for as little as $113, you can buy 1% of one of our trotters. And, you know, your bill per day is 67 cents a day, 22.60 a month. So that's everything. That's all included. I mean, obviously, we're not talking about surgeries or anything that may or may not, you know, God forbid, needs to be done for the horse. But, hey, feed, shavings, the care of your animal, everything is included in that. And you just can't get that done anywhere else. And people have had fractional ownership sites before and they have different gimmicks where you pay up front and they cover all the costs and then at the end they, they pay out dividends. You know, we, we're making it as real time as we can. You can watch your horse on our videos that are shot from a drone right at our facility. You can see all the breeding. You can see who bought them at the sales, how much they paid for them. If consigners sent them to us, you're going to hear commentary weekly from myself or anybody else that we have been training the horses. 
you're going to hear it from the blacksmith, you're going to hear it from the vet. From an investment point of view, you're never going to find a better way to invest in a year in a more informed way. It just isn't out there anywhere. We tried to bring, you know, horse racing to the 21st century. You know, you can watch our horses train on your phone. You can talk to us via email or my phone number is right there. If you have any interest in buying a piece of a horse and never thought you could, well, we fix that problem. Now everybody can. And it doesn't matter whether you own 1% or whether you own 100%. When that horse races on race night, that's your horse. It's a very unique and a very upfront and open way for people to be involved in racing at its best form. You get to watch your horse train down, then you get to cheer for your horse on race night. And what better way to be introduced to horse racing than to be able to see the whole process unfold in front of you. So I, I think that what we have is something very unique and something that not just horse people, not just horse racing, but everybody in the general public that likes horse racing or, or even went to a horse race at one time will be very interested in, in uh, being a part of Go to www.thestable.ca, all one word, so www.thestable.ca. Check us out and see what we've been, uh, what we've been up to. Post time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Also on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. Undefeated four for four, and looking like a future star. Wiggle it, jiggle it, wiggle it, jiggle it again. Remains undefeated. Wiggle it, jiggle it, accelerates away. It's wiggle it, jiggle it in the John Simpson Memorial. A spirited performance here as he tames the field in 150 M3. Feet Pete putting up a big fight here, but wiggle it, jiggle it will not be denied as he remains atop the standings. He scores tonight in 149. Wiggle it, jiggle it as an answer for the ball. Wiggle it, jiggle it in a command performance by a length and a half. Winner on the far outside. Wiggle it, jiggle it in front. Suits the man in Wakazashi Hanover. Wiggle it, jiggle it. Team Teague win the medal and pace. Wiggle it, jiggle it. He's going to do it. Wiggle it, jiggle it. 149 and 3 with him on the inside some pace from Wakazashi Hanover but wiggle it jiggle it dominant tonight wiggle it jiggle it by three legs to win the brand new line
coming to the top of the stretch now. Wiggle it, jiggle it, has opened up three lights. Wiggle it, jiggle it, widens now as they come off the turn. Racing in second, that's tough. The winner, Farway Man. Nobody beats. Wiggle it, jiggle it, wiggle it, jiggle it. In front, 148 and 2. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter and Mike Bozich joined now by Montrell Teague. And, uh, Montrell, uh, we just relived your entire season for the most part. And uh, at the end, of course, we are family. Is It's a family, uh, it's a, definitely a family business. Montrell, to be able to have such a uh, great season and have your dad and everybody else be involved. Yeah, it was definitely great. Um, it, it, it was awesome just hearing all those races and, bring back the good memories and everything like that, so everything's good. Now, you're in Florida right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Florida on first vacation. So you're ta- So this is fantastic, Mike. He's taking time out of his vacation so he could be with us tonight. I really appreciate that, buddy. How's the weather down there? It's good. It was uh, seven degrees earlier. It's uh, starting to get down low 60s now, but it's a lot better than being at home in the 40s and 30s. Well, yeah, I mean, we had at Harris Philly today. We had about a thirty mile an hour headwind in the stretch, and it was about thirty degrees. But nonetheless, it was it wasn't too bad. Um, Montreal, what? Tell us a little bit about Wiggle It, Jiggle It, the horse. Maybe away from the track. What kind of personality does this guy have? Uh, he's not too bad. I mean, you see the how he is in the paddock. He's not like that at home. He doesn't go up in the air whenever we take him off the track and everything and stuff. But um, when he's in his stall, he's a little bit hard to catch. He doesn't like to be messed with, and if you go up to his stall, he's going to pin his ears back to tell you to leave him alone a little bit. But once you get a hold of him, he's he's, a, he's easy, very easy. Now, Montreal, I was at the Little Brown Jug, and I, I witnessed firsthand what he was like in the winter circle. Uh, how long did it take you guys to figure out uh, that you, you couldn't catch him very long in the winter circle? He just wanted to get back and, uh, you know, relax a little bit. Um. I think it was the Meadowlands Pace Final when he finally broke his hobble. We uh, we kind of let him have his way of not not staying too long and getting out of the winter circle as fast as possible, so he doesn't do that uh do that again. Montreal, and I know I asked you this last time, but we're we're going to ask you again. You know, we we put together when we were putting together this little montage. Uh, we decided to end it with We Are Family. Um, you know what? Give a shout-out to some of the the, uh, the Teague family that maybe doesn't get all the, the spotlight and the accolades they deserve. Oh, you got George. I mean, my dad, he's, he's the best. He uh, bred the horse and did everything that he, he that uh, came to this great accomplishment of getting Miss Wiggle It Jiggle It. And then you got Mom. She's right there in the corner. She's going to every race and supporting, all like always, my sisters are always in the in the barn doing all the paperwork and making sure he drops them in and everything. And then we got Big Mike, the caretaker, who uh, loves being in the winter circle as much as I do. And uh, Clyde Francis, he's got the trainer, so he ships him around and does uh, everything when me and Dad aren't there. Montreal Teague joining us on the show here, post time with Mike and Mike, presented by uh, friends of Maryland Stand Up Breads. Uh, Montreal, do you? Uh... 
do you have a chance to are you actually sitting in the uh jog cart when uh wiggle it jiggle it's training yeah 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 i train him uh most of the time to the bike i usually let dad go to slow trips and i like to do the fast trips gotcha how how does he train is he business like on the training track as well oh yeah he's, he's a little bit different usually when uh in between races we try to train uh about 210 but with him it's impossible because he just does it so easily and just glides over the track, so we usually try to go two five to the tops. But he does so easy. We usually go a little bit faster. Now, Montreal, uh, we're going to look ahead towards 2016, and obviously we've got Freaky Feet, Pete, we've got Art Speak, we've got Wakazashi head over, uh, Wiggle and Jiggle coming back. I'll I tell you what, this is going to be a fun and competitive season coming up. Am I right? Yeah, I agree. Um, all of them put their game faces on this year and showed uh, that they all can compete with each other. And um, I think they're just going to mature a lot more, and they usually get fat, get faster with age, just like uh, the other ones like Sweet Lou and Always Be Mickey and all of those guys. So I, I think it's going to be a fun season again, hopefully. Montreal, different size oval, half mile, five-eighths mile. Does it does it matter to him? No, he, he showed that he went on all of them. So uh, – but I think he still want to feed it on a half mile or on a half mile track. Okay, now Montreal coming up. Uh, do you, you know, we know you, or at least when I talked to you, uh, you guys had a couple of horses picked out. Wiggle it, jiggle it, being one of them. Out of the babies this year, do you guys see anything, or any of the two year olds? Maybe do you guys see any uh, that kind of jump off the page? And uh, are we going to follow Dad's plan, or are we going to try to follow yours this year? I'm, I'm definitely following Dad's plan. I've seen the work uh, with Wiggle Juggling. So I'm following him again, and I'm not going to pick too early because it kind of hit me in the butt last time. But uh, we, we've been going pretty good with the babies so far, the homebreds, and they seem to be very good so far. But it, it, I think it's still too early to tell. We just had BetAmerica.com correspondent Ted Black, who's been following Wiggle Juggling and all the – you know, the the big horses, especially the three-year-old uh, Colton Gelding Paces. And we asked him, uh, at what point do we start talking about Wiggle It, Jiggle It uh, in the best, uh, one of the best horses of all time categories. And it's so tough because the in reality, you're never going to be able to get the Naya Trosses and the, and the great horses all on one particular track to duke it out. But when do we start having this conversation, Montreal? I mean, do you, do you think Wiggle It Jiggle could very well go down as one of the best harness horses of all time? I, I think he put up the races to show people. I mean, when you tune in every week just to watch that horse and you can't wait for the next race, like everybody's been telling me, that's all I hear when I go to the track. I think that he, he's definitely one of the best and not the best. But uh, like you said, it, it's a different era every every year and every decade. So it, it's it's still hard to tell. But in my book, I think he is the best. And one of the things that I keep saying, and, you know, George said this all the way uh, in the beginning of the season, that your guys' goal was to try to keep uh, Wiggle It, Jiggle It in top form throughout the year, which, and it doesn't matter what kind of horse you have. It's it's a very, very tough thing to do. And in my opinion, um, that is what, to me, stands out about Wiggle It, Jiggle It. The fact that he was able to stay in top form from the beginning all the way to the end. Did you guys, um, was there any secret to that, or basically was was he just the iron horse? No, nah, he's just the iron horse, like you said. Uh, he's extremely easy to take care of. I mean, 
he's never had a bad day of training, never had a bad tra- day of racing, and he's uh, never been, never had blameless issues that would uh, hone his uh, training progress and everything like that. So um, I, I don't know. I, I try to take care of him and don't run off about 10 lengths every time he races and so try to save him and conserve him. So uh, I think that kind of helps a little bit. Well, Montro, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of uh, your vacation and joined us. Uh, hopefully you get to see uh, Mickey Mouse or, you know, Universal Studios while you're down there. <laughs> yeah, that's where, that's where we went today, Universal Studios, and uh, I'm having a blast so far. So Wonderful. Well, Montro, we, again, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, uh, we hope to have you on uh, at the beginning of next year and many, many more times uh, as we continue to watch Wiggle It, Jiggle It grow uh, through his four-year-old season. Yeah, thank you. Anytime, guys. All right. That was Montrell Teague joining the show. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, before we hit the commercial, just listening, like Montrell said, just listening to that montage at the start, it was just, you know, my my spine was tingling uh, during the Little Brown Jug. But just listening through all those races was unreal how many times this horse went sub-150 and how many times he could just pull off the victory this year. Well, yeah, sub-150 twice in one day, and the Little Brown Jug, both just dramatic, dramatic wins. And uh, like I say, Mike, the allure of this horse to me is the fact that he pretty much stayed in top form from the beginning all the way to the end. And, Mike, you see all kind of different horses, paces, trotters, higher-class horses, lower-class horses. I mean, they come in and out of form. Um, you know, they, they peak for a couple of races, then they're form dolls, and then they peak, and then they're form dolls, and, you know, the form cycles, as the gamblers like to call them. Um, and Wiggle It Jiggle It just kept top form the whole year, and that is amazing, and it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do at age four. I'm, I'm Like Montreal said, when you can't wait to see a horse Right after he gets through racing, when you tune in to see that specific horse, you know you've got a great one, and I can't wait to see uh, what he does in his four-year-old campaign. Well, Mike, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got, we're going to dive into some of the uh, hardest racing headlines that are coming up uh, this week, and uh, we'll be back momentarily with Post Time with Mike and Mike. It takes them every ounce of energy to get out of bed. struggle to the mirror and comb their hair, what's left of it. But when the race is on, it's on. The Dallas in between horses, Jettison gets to the lead, and Jettison will take the Niatron. Down to the finish, McWicked by as much as he pleases. Dalos with 100 yards to go, the Dalos and driver Drew Monty win the Niatron's final. Draws away as they come down to the finish. Pinkman, a go-away winner. Catch Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time, with Mike Bozich and Mike Carter, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com. Back on post time with Mike and Mike. It's Mike Bozich and Mike Carter, and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this Thursday night. And uh, we're going to dive into some of the harness racing headlines. But before we do that, Mike, I do want to um, I want to thank some of our sponsors uh, that uh, make this show possible. And we've gotten such a positive feedback 
um, on our show. It's it's unbelievable. And uh, if it wasn't for our sponsors, um, you know, we certainly wouldn't be here. So a special thanks to uh, Anthony McDonald, the stable.ca, a uh, brand new uh, sponsor. And we're going to hear from him in the coming weeks about that great product. More about that in a moment. Essential Touch, of course, Friends of Maryland, Stand Up Breads, and uh, all the listeners. And, uh, you know, Mike, our listenership has been so, so fantastic uh, that we're excited. And not only we're excited, we're a little bit surprised because we knew when we started this show that we were going to – it was going to take time to build, but it built in a hurry. And uh, we just want to say that we certainly appreciate you listening. We certainly appreciate our sponsors. And um, the stable.ca – uh, this is a little bit of an interesting idea that uh, Anthony McDonald has, and I'm going to take a little bit of a different take on it, Mike, um, because racetracks and and us as a, as an industry, we're always looking we're always looking to try to get people back in involved in our business um, because you know, quite frankly, listen, if if uh, if it's not for the gambling and if they don't bet money, you know, we're not going to be here, and. Um, but one of the underestimated aspects of this industry that I think this industry can do a better job of going after are owners. And if you think about it, Mike, when the clubhouses were full across the country, a lot of those clubhouses were full of owners. And what would owners do? Owners would bring their friends. And they would spend money in the dining room. They would wager you know, they would partake in the whole racetrack atmosphere, and they would tell their friends, and you could see how it could snowball effect. And the stable.ca, and I talking, you know, a little bit with Anthony, um, got to know Anthony a little bit the last couple of weeks, uh, putting this thing together. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how not only, uh, obviously, are we attracting new owners and new blood to the game via the stable.ca and at an affordable rate, I might add. But we're also, at the same time, attracting new fans to the game. And uh, I, if really, and I know, you know, he's a sponsor. So, but anyway, it's the stable.ca. Make sure you visit it because I really think, Mike, that it's a very, very good thing for this industry. And not only, like I say, can it attract new owners, which it will and has, but it will attract new fans as well. No, I totally agree. I know at Colonial Downs, they did these owner-for-a-day type of deals where some of the owners actually volunteered to give up their percentage of the money to you know, to uh, give eight or ten people just the, the experience of a lifetime, you know, just the feeling of owning a horse for a day or a year or what have you uh, definitely could make somebody's day. Mike, I'll tell you what, going to the backstretch, being able to see your horse, when you see, like Anthony McDonald uh, alluded to earlier, when you see your horse on the racetrack, it is just, it's a great feeling knowing that horse is yours. And uh, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see this thing take off. And who knows, <laughs> I might grab a couple of percentages of uh, a few of these horses. Well, yeah, I mean, people that, first of all, are kind of intimidated because, uh you know, they really don't know how to go about owning a horse, first of all. And, uh, you know, this thing really simplifies it, and it makes it affordable. That's the big thing, Mike. It makes it affordable. Um, I think you said for, you know, if you want to buy 1% of a horse, uh, you know, it, it costs you mere cents a day, you know. Right. And it's it's fantastic, Mike. It's a fantastic concept 
that I think can get new people involved in this game. And of course we want them to be fans and we want them to wager, but we also want them to be involved and we want, you know, them to show the people that they can be involved and that it's not that complicated and it's not that intimidating. And, you know, I think it's a great thing. I really think it's a fantastic thing, Mike, that, uh, that uh, could breathe some new life into this business. No, I 100% agree with you. And, uh, I'll tell you what, one per, buying 1% of the horse, so you pay $113, $114, and then after that, it's cents a day. I mean, it, it, it's almost impossible that you can't buy a horse now. And uh, I'll, tell you, uh, I'll tell you what, it, it's definitely going to – it's attracted me to potentially, uh, you know, buy one myself. And I know our friend Garnett Barnsdale is uh, talking about getting a couple of horses as well. So I'll tell you what, it, it's definitely going to be uh, – Interesting to see how it takes off. Yeah, and they, you know, listen. Go. What are you going to do if you uh, have a horse racing? What, what's what's the first thing you can do? You want to go watch him race, and of course, you're going to want to bring friends. Hey, come and see my horse race. So, what do you do? You bring three, four friends. Three, four friends come. They eat dinner. Uh, you know, maybe they uh, buy some drinks. They bet some horses, and uh, they have a good old time, and they have a positive experience, and maybe get their picture taken in the winner's circle. And they get the picture, and they hang it up at the house. You could just see the snowball effect that this could have. And uh, so hats off to Anthony, thestable.ca. Check them out. Yeah, our other, another one of our sponsors that we'd like to thank is uh, Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. I'll tell you, Mike, this group does a fantastic job in the state of Maryland. They help to get the riding under saddle there, uh, and they've done a lot of good things. And our friend Clarissa Coughlin uh, – takes a good care of that. And uh, we also want to give a shout out to Essential Touch. I'll tell you what, Mike, the uh, the commercials that ran tonight, uh, who knows, I might have to call her myself and get uh, get one of those uh, Essential Touch uh, treatments. Yes, they, uh, well, it's it's not only the equine athlete, but the people as well. So, uh, yeah, why don't you check out the pricing on that, Mike, and let me know, and I might, uh, I might have to do that myself. My back's been a little sore. Well, we'll have to treat you know what you know what we'll do. We'll treat the wives to a day at the Essential Touch. That that way, you know what they they can't say it. We didn't get them anything for Christmas this year. Well, there you go. They just just spoil the Christmas gift. That was what I was going to do, but now I can't do that because you just blew it. And so, thanks a lot, buddy. I, I appreciate that. But uh, in some other news, well, uh, congratulations to Bruce Aldrich. He got a six thousandth win. It uh, did that at Monticello. So congratulations to him. I know Tony Morgan is. Uh, he's right at the doorstep of another milestone. Uh, Tony Morgan won his 15,000th. Actually, it was the first race of the meet here at Harris, Philadelphia, uh, driving Lightning Moon, who uh, raced pretty well last time out anyway. But uh, uh, Tony's moving up. I think it's $120 million in lifetime earnings. I might wow. have to check that, double-check that. But uh, he's right on the doorstep. Right on the doorstep, so hats off to Tony. He drives uh, regularly at Harris, Philadelphia. Also uh, drives at uh, at Dover as well, so uh, in Delaware and uh, Maryland as well. So uh, hats off to Tony. Approaching, he had another milestone, Mike. Very impressive career. I'll tell you what, uh, something else coming up here in western New York as well is uh, the stall application became available at Buffalo Raceway uh, earlier this week. So that uh, – that's get ready to take off. Their season begins on January the 13th. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, the be- if you've never been to the backstretch at Buffalo Raceway, you got to visit it one time. It is probably one of the best in the country. And I don't just say that just because I work for them. I'm telling you, it's probably one of the best 
stable areas in the country. Yeah, um, you know, and that's and it's important to have that, Mike, because you know we just talked about Anthony McDonald and the Stable.ca and potentially owning horses, and along with that, you know, comes the fact that you can go visit the horses, and it's very, very important. I know the the uh, the paddock area at Harris, Philadelphia, and, and once again, I'm not saying that because I work there, but the paddock area at Harris, Philadelphia, is amazing. What a state of the art. Uh, facility that is, uh, you know, the first time that I walked in, I I about fell over. I mean, it's it's huge, you know. And I come from from Hazel Park, which is certainly an older facility. And uh, you know, coming to a place like that, it's like the the Taj Mahal. And and uh, when I was doing the tour, going up to the drivers here, I mean, just beautiful, beautiful facility. Well, Mike, uh, real quick, let's. I don't mean to change the subject on you, but let's go all the way out to Cal Expo because something. Very, very special happened uh, the last Sunday evening on November the 29th. It, they had a driver, Eddie Hernandez, and the uh, – let's see. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Sal Wenceslo. Uh, apparently, they, he's the trainer of a uh, horse that raced at Cal Expo. But they won the first – they won for the very first time of their respective careers last Sunday in the eighth race at Cal Expo. How about that, huh? Very, very interesting. Uh, congratulations, and that's uh, Sal Wenceslo, by the way, uh, Mike. But uh, I'm glad you didn't try to pr- pronounce the name of the horse. That looks even tougher. And, well, no, uh, and we're it, announcers for crying out loud. Well, did you see what happened 47 minutes later in the night in the final race? The horse's full Go brother. Ahead. The horse's full brother was guided by Hernandez and trained by Sal and uh, owned by Sal as well. So they won not once, but twice in the same night. Very, very impressive. Hats off to them guys. Uh, yeah, I did some time out there in, uh, in Cal Expo. And, uh, you know, that's uh, another uh, jurisdiction, Mike, that's uh, really been fighting hard and, uh, you know, to try to get something. But California is a, boy, that's a real, real tough uh, ball game out there. It's it's kind of like a different world as far as trying to get expanded gaming and things. But uh, you know they do a lot with uh, very uh, you know limited resources. So uh, it's always good to see racing going on out there. And uh, congratulations to uh, Hernandez and the company Wenceslau at the Cal Expo. Well, coming up, uh, something else we want to discuss real quick is the 2016 United States uh, Trotting Association, and it's the owner school. You know, there's a driving school, and there's an owner school, and I think they put, Mike, they put owner school on the top of the heading. I think they meant driving school because in the article itself, it says the registration fee is $200 per person, but it's $100 for alumni of the USA driving school. So, I don't know. This one's kind of confusing. I'll let you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you figure that one out. But uh, <laughs> either either way, listen, you know, whether it's an owner school or a driving school, you should still go. That's correct. You know, like I say, I mean, getting people involved in this industry is very, very important. And we, you know, it, I mean, we'd love to get you know more interest as far as wagering is concerned. But you know, getting involved in the industry—that's why you know I really like the billings because you know it gives people an opportunity. Uh, to just to just get involved, and I don't think, and, and that's the difference between harness racing and thoroughbred racing. Mike is harness racing. If you're involved in this industry, you could really be hands on. I mean, really hands on. I mean, you know, thoroughbred. 
I mean, you know, you can't get up and, and, and ride him and train him, but a harness horse you can. I mean, you could sat, you could put the jog cart on and you could take him uh, for a mile and, uh, you know, kind of learn that way. Um, so getting people involved is very, very important, and I think that is one of the major, major uh, advantages and things that harness racing has to work with. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully these things, uh, become a success because Mike, it's fun. It, I mean, it, it really is. I jog, I gotta tell you, I jogged the horse one time. I jogged the horse one time. Uh, it was the backtrack at Pompano park and, uh, it was just an unbelievable thrill. Now I think the horse was going about a quarter of a mile an hour, but it was, <laughs> it was still a thrill. It was unbelievable. And if you've never done it. I advise you to do it because it's yeah, something that, and you know, another in Mike, in Mike, let, let me bring another thing too, something that is unbelievable to do that, you know, maybe some people in our industry that are kind of used to it, just kind of shrug off, but to a person that has never done it before, it's an unbelievable experience. And that's riding in the starting car. Oh Yeah. I, I, that's probably one of my most favorite things to do or have somebody else do is ride in the starter car. Yeah. I mean, when you, the one at Hazel park, um, was, uh, open air in the back. Um, and you were the thing that people tell me the most that they liked about it was they didn't realize how close they are to the horses. And, you know, you see, you see the horse's nose coming at you, and, you know, you're just right there. I mean, you could, for lack of a better term, the spit and saliva and the breathing and <laughs> all the heart-pumping things that happen right at the start. I mean, it's a very intense thing. The start of a race is a very intense thing. And to be in the starting car, you're just right up on it. And uh, once again, for those of you listening to the show that have never done that, uh, if you go to the racetrack tomorrow, the next time you go to a racetrack, inquire. Uh, odds are, you know, they'll let you take a ride in the starting car, and it is just an amazing experience. And what a good feeling is, Mike, is that, you know, when somebody that is new to the racetrack, you know, you try to give them the tour of the press box and the, the, uh, the starting car and try to do all that, but... When they come out of the starting car, you could look in their eyes and you could say to yourself, you know what, we just made a new fan. Definitely. I totally agree with you. Well, Mike, we're getting ready to wrap up the show. Well, real quick, we got a message on Facebook from uh, Dustin Miller, so we want to give him a quick shout-out. Uh, he let us know to keep up the good work. So, uh, Dustin, we appreciate you listening out there in uh, Radio Land. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, it's been a great show. We'll see everybody back here next week uh, with the first post at 7 o'clock. All right. Good night, Mike, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody.